0: Welcome to Another Look at London, the podcast that casts a discerning eye over the tourist traps of London and encourages you to take another look at areas you might have written off. Listen in for interesting chat about places to eat, drink, things to do, and fun facts about some of London's most interesting areas. Good evening and welcome to Another Look at London, a podcast run by the collective known as the Niffler. I'm Maddie Fry, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Charlotte Demansky. Hello! Sean Evans, sadly, can't be with us. She's got various siblings imposing on her and demanding that she put them up. Siblings are really annoying, aren't they, Charlotte? Yeah, they are. They're just really fucking annoying. They shouldn't (laughs) just turn up and demand that they can sleep in your house. One child policy. Yeah, we've been worked for China. Yeah. You know, there's no problems there. Yeah, okay, we're all in agreement. One child policy, fantastic. We're going to do something slightly different this episode. We're going to have a health and well being one, because obviously London can be quite a challenging place to live, despite all the awesomeness that we've covered in previous episodes. We're going to cover what to do, where to go, if you're either trying to watch your waistline, watch your wallet generally kind of look after yourself and generally also try and make sure that you're checking in with like doctors, dentists, hairdressers, whatever, but not getting screwed over or charged too much and that you're getting good service. So this is the result of years and years of trial and error on our part and uh, years and years of possibly being slightly misabused and caught on the wrong end of some of London's charlatans. So um, (laughs) consider this 10 years of distilled wisdom, dear listeners. We're going to start with food. So, Charlotte, can you expand on the various things that the East Asian expat community have to offer in London regarding particularly gut health is big at the moment, isn't it? Mm.
1: Yeah, so we're on a bit of a probiotic kick at the moment, the idea being that a diet that is rich in probiotic... Bacteria helps with everything from weight control, mood control, general health and well-being and can cure a range of complaints and just improve your well-being massively. So one particular diet which is extremely rich in probiotics and also prebiotics, which are the kind of fibrous foods which feed the bacteria, are Japanese and Korean cuisines. So... Places I really like to shop at the moment include the Japan Center and Doseo, which is a Korean supermarket and another smaller Korean supermarket near Topmcourt Road called Centerpoint Foods. So the three places are kind of within a 10-minute walking distance of each other. And you can pick up all sorts of stuff like natto, which is not everyone's cup of tea, but that's a fermented soybean product, which Japanese and Korean people love. And you can pick up things like kombucha, which is like a fermented tea drink. Kefir, apple cider vinegar is very good as well. tempeh, which is a kind of tofu product. So it's loads of very rich probiotic foods. If you like something from a bit closer to home, then obviously French cheese. We have to get the unpasteurised
0: cheese. is meant to be very good for you as well. Just to understand it, those things like the vinegar and the tea and stuff. This is all about trying to help your digestive system.
1: Yeah. So the idea is you diversify the different kinds of bacteria in your biome. So the different cultures of bacteria in the stomach. In the 2000s, we obviously had like the yakult craze, which is probiotic yoghurt drinks. But the idea is to make it as good as it can be, you have to eat a very diverse diet. So the more different types of probiotic food you can
0: eat, the better okay yeah sorry this is just i'm getting a flashback do you remember when chris martin from coldplay was dating gwyneth paltrow (laughs) Um, yeah don't we all that was a traumatic time for all my friend a girl i used to know robin was madly in love with chris martin and when he started going out with gwyneth paltrow you couldn't mention her name without robin screaming that microbiotic bitch or that probiotic bitch (laughs) i can't remember which one because, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow's into all this health stuff. Don't know much about the woman, I should say, and I don't know her, but whenever anyone uses anything biotic, all I can think of is Robin screaming abuse at <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow. So, um, yeah, but thankfully those days are behind all of us. And Whole Foods, which is a big flagship Whole Foods in Piccadilly, and they sell a lot of this kind of crap, don't they? Not that I'm cynical. <laughs> <laughs> I love Whole Foods. Yeah. Whole Foods is great, so, actually. Yeah.
1: Amazon Spawn, but, you know, everything you... It is...
0: Yeah, they really are taking over.
1: There's what, about five branches now in London. There's one in Kensington, mm. one in Islington.
0: They do um, tend to be in quite well-to-do kinds of places. I've noticed. A yeah, bit like Montessori schools. <laughs> um, you, know, <laughs> yeah. you only you only get them in like Hampstead and Clapham and and Richmond and Kensington and Yeah, they
1: they tend to be quite pricey, but the food there is amazing and if you want things like unpasteurized cheese and the slightly rarer ingredients or if you're on the like paleo diet and need to get your hands on some paleo cake mix or whatever that's where you, <laughs> you can get it from the fad
0: your cake mix just be meat grains, yeah, meat <laughs> <Okay>. grains. <laughs> um, also yeah i find just generally like if you're trying to just eat in a balanced way and i think the nutritional view at the moment is that that's having a meal that's got like some healthy fats and protein, and some complex carbs then whole foods is really good for like avoiding stuff that's very highly processed or avoiding like, stuff that's starchy or like very high in non-complex carbs or they go. i'm saying carbs too much and i don't like myself for it um <laughs> yeah i've definitely grabbed food from whole foods when i've been on the go as a food on the go thing and as another shout out if you're trying to avoid processed or heavy carb stuff there's a chain called pulpo who are sadly going through a bit of a rough time so i want people to support them their tapas style food is great it's quite simple but you can get things like ricotta balls with tender stem broccoli and hazelnuts and oil and I, I learned to like broccoli from going to pulpo normally i was a bit like broccoli is the vegetable of satan you know it, it's um satan scrotum or whatever you want <laughs> to call it just like baked beans are satan's kidney stones but pulpos kind of made me realize that i'm wrong and i've repented and they have quite a few branches in central london like there's one in soho there's one in covent garden and they do really good cocktails as well and non alcoholic cocktails if that's your thing And at the other end of the scale, for people who are wanting to sort of conscious the community, but not spend too much money, there's various different communal and community cooking initiatives. Charlotte, do you want to expand on those?
1: Yeah, so if you fancy a bit of volunteering, but don't necessarily have the time to commit to something regular... There's two I've tried out once, so there's one called Feast, there's a few different options, I went to the Feast in Tottenham, and another one called Be Enriched, which is operating out of a community kitchen in Elephant Castle, and the idea is local supermarkets donate unwanted, generally vegetables and fruit, I don't think they do meat at all, and five six seven complete strangers get together for a few hours and cook a massive feast out of it and then the local community can come together and eat it with volunteers as well so people who are maybe homeless or who are refugees come and gather and they sit round tables together and just share the meal and it's a really lovely experience so if you're feeling a bit like you want to you know get out of your comfort zone meet a few new people and just flex your cooking muscles a bit Um, It's a really nice place to spend a few hours
0: and meet really nice, open-minded people and eat really good food. That's really cool. Yeah, it sounds like what's not to like there, really. Charlotte lives in Walthamstow and there's eggs and bread.
1: Yeah, so actually, weirdly, I walked past it but I hadn't twigged what it was until I saw in Time Out recently. Um, It's a new community kitchen again where the premises they only do eggs and bread. It's a simple idea but it's pay what you like so if you can afford a breakfast of eggs and bread then you can donate a few pounds but actually if you can't afford it you can go along there and have eggs on toast you don't have to pay for it and they run regular meal nights where you'd actually pay for a ticket to actually fund it as well and it's down at the Wood Street end of Walthamstone it looks really lovely and I haven't been yet but I think it would be a great place to spend a Saturday morning maybe Yeah. you can cook it yourself as well there's a few ovens
0: there that's really cool um, I'm more of a scrambled egg person than fried egg I like poached egg poached is good yeah. So yeah that's a brilliant idea and in the same vein there is the Too Good To Go app which tries to encourage restaurants to get rid of their surplus instead of just throwing it away is it any food they have haven't sold at the end of the night you can generally at about between nine and ten go along and get like a massive bag of food for like three pounds because mm. it's it's run or stuff they haven't sold and they don't really have some stupid rules that go with it like whenever myself charlotte and like a mutual friend of ours went along to titbits veggie which is normally extremely overpriced veggie restaurant and um, just a Oxford circus they do things like if you've come with the too good to go app then they won't let you actually sit there you have to just take it and go and this was even when the place was empty They wouldn't just let us sit down. It was was a bit like, ah, you peasants. (laughs) But (laughs) it's a really good initiative because food waste is obviously a a problem and I think it bothers a lot of people. So have you used it for anything other than titbits? I've tried a few
1: things. I tried, I think it was, I want to say Coffee Republic in Soho and our mutual friend did Simit Sarayi, which is the Turkish bakery. Mm, It's very popular. Oh yeah. And it's quite hit and miss. So I'd recommend trying as many different ones as possible and finding your best place. So titbits is the best one so far mm, you yeah. get an empty pot and you can fill up with all their hot buffet items it's vegetarian yep. really good you can really cram it in they don't give you the lid anymore when I first went they gave you the lid and you could kind of push yeah. it yourself but now you have to walk with shame to the counter
0: and be like you know I have a mountain yeah. that does not fit into my uh, or yeah. container or whatever
1: avoid the places that give you kind of sandwiches and baguettes and things because they usually okay. give you like one small baguette and one cake maybe which for £3 isn't the best value go for a buffet yeah
0: <laughs> go for bang for your buck yeah particularly if it's later in the evening and it's ideal for something like if you've been out drinking yeah i remember having a good experience with That even if they wouldn't let us sit down in the <laughs> restaurant. and when you're doing like weekly buying food there's lots of delivery boxes places now but my life has been changed by mindful chef which one of the competitors i mean there's so many now there's like hello fresh and stuff like that and i i don't know what quite what the differences are but mindful chef the focus is all on you know, they source all their stuff from their farms in Exeter, it's all about sustainable living, none of it's imported, I don't think, and it you can either get vegan fish or meat, and the veggie stuff is vegan by default, because they don't do anything that's got dairy in it, it's all gluten free as well, and in each, you get something like three a week minimum, and it's about 25 to 30 pounds, but out of that, out of the three bags of ingredients they give you in the recipe card, you get about six meals, and I found it's really good value, and it stops you having to think about what you're actually going to have and it also means that because you don't have to actually sit and think oh, what am I going to make you don't just immediately just reach for okay I'm just going to just you know live off crumpets for the rest of the week <laughs> um and it's like the meals are designed by nutritionists so you're getting your right balance of everything and and they're really like decent and filling and it's interesting by default none of the meals include bread white rice or pasta so if they do have carbohydrates in there it's all stuff like brown rice and brown rice noodles and things like that so If anybody's considering going for, like, a recipe box company, I really recommend Mindful Chef. Moving swiftly on to exercise, what are the best ways to keep fit in this fair city? I mean, obviously, London has tonnes and tonnes of parks, and some of them have some interesting things on offer. And there are gyms, if you're so inclined. I don't. I tend to go running. Yeah, you have a gym membership, don't you, Charlotte?
1: Yeah, I've been going to a gym now for about three years. It used to be Easy Gym. Run by Stelios from EasyJet. I just love the idea of like <laughs> a bargain basement. Yeah. <laughs> Zero yeah. customer service. Just yeah. tickled me. Everything was painted orange. But it's um, recently been bought out by the gym, another big brand. The price is still the same. So it's twenty five pounds a month. And it's on the third floor of a big department store in Oxford Street. So I just love being able to watch people walking up and down the street. So I'll be cycling furiously as they wander <laughs> down beneath me so it's a really great it's massive gym it's never too busy it does get busy in the evening especially between six and seven but there's always enough machines and it's just a really relaxed kind of self-service gym no one's hassling you or uh, trying to sell you personal training or anything like that you just get on with it so I do enjoy that. Is that different from the good gym? Mm. Yes, a good gym's an initiative, again, a kind of community initiative. The idea is that people gather together, go for a bit of a jog together, then do something good along the way, like mend a kid's play park or uh, paint a fence. They were fixing some flower boxes at the end of my road the other day, which I thought oh, was a bit cool. weird. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. They were wearing their good gym outfits, which is nice of them. But it's a nice initiative, and again, you get to keep fit at the same time. In an like, urban yeah. setting.
0: Rescue a duck in distress, something like that. And the Olympic Park near Stratford. I've only ever been there for concerts, but. Does this imply means it's a good place to go running, or is there good stuff around there? Yeah,
1: there's great stuff around there. It's quite nice terrain, um, so obviously there's really good paths for jogging and cycling. It's completely car-free around the whole park, so that's good. But also there's things like mini climbing walls for kids, and oh, cool. also adults if you're a child at heart. <laughs> and kind of lots of swings and all sorts of nice stuff, especially if you've got a family, it's a nice place to go. Um, But also you've got the Olympic swimming pool there, which is run by Better Leisure, which I think we've mentioned in the past, which is a big kind of community chain of gyms and swimming pools. So it's quite cheap. You can go swim in the same pool as Tom Daley um, for like a fiver. He's the hot gay dude, for those of us who are not Iraqi (laughs) on sports. The diving guy. Uh, Um, And the swimming pool is designed by Zahra Hadid, who sadly died a few years ago. Iraqi architect. Oh, shame. So it's an amazing building as well and if you want to go and do other sports there's a whole range of other stuff which I haven't investigated fully. If you're into like velodrome cycling or something a bit niche like that there's all sorts of facilities around there. But it's just a lovely place to walk as well and it's down by
0: the canal so you can wander around and have a good time. Rocket powered calisthenics. and (laughs) (laughs) And free jumping, it's been on my list to try it for a while. But um, I haven't actually tried.
1: Anything. Yeah. I've been there twice. It's in Ealing, kind of Acton area, West London. Yes. yes, it is. And I went there thinking, oh, it'll be a really grown-up fun, because they sell it as kind of a fitness thing. Oh, it'll be great fun for adults, and it'll be fitness-orientated, but actually... As predicted, probably, it's overrun by kids. <laughs> yeah. But it's really fun. It's actually surprisingly good workout. It's massive. It's a giant warehouse full of trampolines. So, obviously, a tiny bit dangerous. You've got to watch your ankles when you're landing. Watch little kids bouncing around. But they've got things like a giant bouncy runway leading to a foam pit. And... Uh, bouncy dodgeball and all sorts of stuff which really appeals to kids and they trying very hard to pretend that it's for adults but you know
0: it's not. it's not really i guess yeah i'm intrigued by it but at the same time it's a bit like i don't see how you could unless they have sessions that are just for adults
1: i think or they like, do but like a super early one's like at 6am or Ugh,
0: something <laughs> yeah. yeah and those people don't deserve to live anyway so <laughs> no we don't no. and for those who are into ice skating i've not done this in a long time but i remember there was an ice skating rink in bayswater
1: are there any others there's one in alexander palace Oh, so yes, of course. I Ali think Pally. as a Londoner, we're obviously used to having the pop-up ice rinks in winter at Christmas time. But there's actually all-year-round ones, so Ali is a big one, and they have local ice hockey teams, quite fun to watch. But they also do things like the Ice Disco on Fridays and Saturdays. It's not too expensive, actually, and it's you know
0: quite a nice night out. Oh, OK, cool, yeah. I've got to be honest, I tend to take the view that the comedian John Richardson tends to say, which is that ice has evolved to not want you on it. <laughs> you know that's the reason why it's slippery. Isn't it? Like, yeah, that's the view I've tended to adopt. Same with roller skating, but. If you're so inclined. And uh, if you enjoy things like just walking, I mean, obviously, if you like running, London's got so many great parts. I live near Clapham Common. I love going running around there. There's a great running track around Regent's Park. But if you just like an interesting place to walk, the Lega Mutton Reservoir, which is an interesting name for a reservoir. <laughs> sure, yeah. it shouldn't be an abattoir with a name like that. You
1: know? <laughs> I guess it's derived from a shape of it. So it's a tucked away reservoir in Putney on the tip of Putney and it's just such a beautiful walk obviously London's got millions of different places you can walk and different beautiful parks and nature but this one I found is so tucked away that you could be there completely on your own if you want to be it's about half an hour walk up the riverbank from London Wetland Centre which is a beautifully curated wetlands where there are kind of otters you can feed and things like that but obviously you had to pay to go in there. This is further up and it's completely free and it's a really beautiful, serene spot. So if you feel like you want to get out of the city but don't have time to do a full day trip out and you want to save a bit of money, it's absolutely beautiful.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. I definitely want to try that. And uh, the Walthamstow wetlands and marshes again. Walthamstow is the place that keeps giving, really. I <laughs> know, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, absolutely beautiful. Again,
1: if you walk right down to the kind of south side of Walthamstow, the marshes start... Uh, along the canal bank and it's absolutely beautiful it's a good couple of miles stretch of it's basically countryside it's running countryside with bramble bushes and horse riding and wetlands and it's just a beautiful way to escape the city for a few hours and you can walk all the way down to stratford along the canal so it's a beautiful watery serene place
0: And in terms of places to escape the city, we'll touch on that in a little bit when we talk about free things to do in London, because everyone has times in London where they're flat broke because all of your money is going on rent. So, uh, you know, we'll touch on the amazing like urban getaways there are in London. But next we'll be talking about how accessing things for health and well-being, whether it's like doctors, dentists, hairdressers, whatever, are there can be a challenge anywhere but in london it's sort of a matter of you have a lot of choice but how do you navigate your way through that and how do you find out about things that often are not necessarily available online some of the best stuff i've come across is word of mouth and before we get on to talking about accessing sort of public services and things charlotte you and i've been talking about the alexander technique this is something i've never heard of Mm. Um, for those of you who've got problems with slouching and posture and well anything yeah Uh, so a
1: few years ago i did a course at city lit their introduction to the Alexander Technique. Cities are great. Yeah, yeah. cities are amazing. Mm -hmm. Bang, slap in the middle of a city, kind of near Hoban. Um, I think I did a six-week course for about £90. But the Alexander Technique was invented by an Australian actor called Frederick Mathias Alexander. I'm not sure what decades, but, you know... Gained quite a big following. I think it was quite big in the 60s and 70s. But the idea being it's a full body exercise to unlearn the bad habits you develop across the period of your life. Mm. So in the first session, we actually film you walking across the room so you can watch it back and see what you do and all the mistakes you're making. And they very meticulously teach you to lie down properly and stand up properly so you're not putting strain on your joints. I obviously need to go back and do it again because I'm slouching <laughs> but it's meant to be absolutely amazing for things like back pain and even things like digestive complaints and headaches they all link them back to the posture and blood circulation so if you don't want to go down the osteopath or chiropractor route and you want to kind of make a longer term change in your own posture and poise and I think a lot of business people do it as well for kind of status and posture it's a really great way to really focus in on how you're standing and sitting and moving bring up your joints a bit so I recommend that course I think is still running and it's a really really good intro to
0: it interesting yeah i went to a creative writing course at city lit quite a few years ago i remember it was similar like it was stupidly cheap and they do so much stuff there yeah it's a very impressive resource if you're a woman trying to get a haircut in london can be an extremely expensive endeavor it's kind of for years it seemed to be a case of you can go to the places where they need trainee hairdressers people to practice on like, i remember once trying out the uh the new oxford street um tony and guy place which is not an experience i want to repeat and <laughs> it's always seemed like it's you know, men can do whatever the fuck they want which is, you know, the world we live in Um, <laughs> was you know, as a woman it's either like you have to accept you might not get something great but maybe pay a bit less or you shell out and pay something like anything between 50 and £100 pounds, but maybe get something good and I finally, after years, think I found the solution there's a place called Open Barbers that's based near Old Street and it's only properly been going for, I think less than four years. For a while it was just a pop-up place and the whole initiative was aimed at as I understand it, trying to take gender out of the beauty industry. Like, the people who run it, the two guys who run it, I think, are both trans men, I think. From what I've read about them, I think that's what they are. I could be wrong. They're very welcome to correct me if uh, they encounter this. And they're very much about the idea that if you're a woman, you shouldn't be told you can't have that. If you want to, like, have short hair or a man, you shouldn't be told you can't have that. If say you want to have, like, crazy patterns or, like, a rainbow locks or something like that. It's very much like shouldn't be about whether you're male or female it should be just about what you want and not only that but it's pay what you want they have a scale like they say you know okay pay what you can afford but the salon costs this much to run every hour so if you could bear that in mind because they definitely have people that they know just can't afford it so they try and have slots available for people who can only pay like two quid and the idea is that the people who can pay a bit more maybe subsidize that i think that's a really good scheme and so like at the end of the appointment they go away and then you just go and put in what you want at the till as a woman there, though I just I pay like half what I would normally pay in a salon. It's super chilled out. I mean, I've always found the thing i always hated about hairdressers is that you feel that there's a pressure to be intensely feminine, and if you're not like a naturally girly girl. Um, or if you're somebody who's not obsessed with fashion, then you always feel a better place. And they're very much like, you can talk to the hairdressers or you can choose not to. The guy I'm with is called Felix, and he's really cool because we've talked about so many different things, like from history to we've covered politics. I think he even once got into church architecture, which was, um, <laughs> yeah, there's a very kind of arty, little bit of a hips divide, but not in an overbearing way. They're on a council estate in Hackney. And it's a building they got from the council after they stopped being a pop-up place. And it's an amazing initiative. And I just think they're really, really worth encouraging. And I've always been happy with what I've got there you do have to book in advance. The slight non-barber element to it is you can't just wander in. They get booked up very far in advance so you kind of have to book appointments like at least six or eight weeks in advance but as someone who's loathed getting my hair cut for my entire life, I find it a lot less stressful now. So Whereas yeah, shout out with your experiences. <laughs> I been take the opposite Yeah, because
1: I was just thinking actually I need to get my hair cut next week because I've got a job interview coming out I was like oh that sounds mm-hmm. really good
0: but actually no if you need that yeah, you can't, They're not great if you need something short notice. So Yeah,
1: yeah. I go to Mr. Topson Soho classy. of people who don't have enough time or money to really invest in haircuts. So essentially it's dropping. I think the benefit is it's mainly for men. So when a woman walks in there, they kind of do go, Ooh a woman cross <laughs> over a bit more. Oh, okay. The the haircuts are nine quid for men, but unfortunately now twenty five quid for women. Yeah, which is a cheek,
0: really. But yeah.
1: as the hairdresser said last time I went there, he goes, Oh, you've got the hair of four women. <laughs> I have oh, thick hair. So I'd probably Deserve to pay more, really. Oh, bloody hell. Um, But actually, I've always found the haircuts there really high quality. They do it quite quickly. And there's a really lovely Italian guy who's cut my hair a couple of times. He always tells me about his life, all of the troubles he's having with his flatmates. (laughs) Um... And the last time I went there, there was a really nice Eastern European guy who took so long, like really meticulously, I could tell that he got really into it. Mm. And the hair salon actually closed around me and shut up <laughs> shop. And he was like taking so much time. Yeah. Bless him. Uh. And I gave him a tip and he was so delighted
0: and he wasn't uh. expecting it. But they're just a really nice bunch of guys. Oh, that's really good to know. And that's that's Mr. Toppers in Soho. Yeah, that, yeah. I can't
1: remember the name of the street.
0: It's the one that branched off Wardour Street. But you can ask for things like layering there, and you? Uh, or... I don't know to go and say to say cut my hair. Oh really? They <laughs> kind of interpret that however. Very oh, well. <laughs> that's brave. God, I'd be worried that the person might see that as licensed. to like, right, you're getting a scarlet mohawk. <laughs> 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 like so okay, well that's good to know because I'd always kind of thought those places were a bit, you know, cheap and cheerful. Yeah, cheap and cheerful, like not high quality kind of thing. Mm. But I have a good pass. I do see people in there, so it's good mm. to know. Yeah, hairdressers are an interesting breed. You definitely get the impression there's some who do it because they're quite arty. And they quite like just being able to create stuff and mess around with stuff. So yeah, if for whatever reason you decide open barbers or Mr. Toppers is not your thing. I used to do a thing where I'd salon hopped, where I would sign up to a new place and you get like 50% off for your first time. But then after that, like three months later, then move on to somewhere else and just get the 50% off strategy. And like, I just keep moving around the city basically doing this. <laughs> and Gumtree's a great place
1: if you want the free haircuts from like John
0: Frieda or Vader or the Oh, Gumtree size. is? Yeah, yeah, they advertise
1: for models. <laughs> yeah, if you really... don't
0: mean models, they mean heads of hair. Yeah, if you really don't give a shit and you're willing to risk maybe walking around looking like an alarmed dandelion, then, <laughs> you know, um, then that's always an option. In things like navigating the NHS is a notoriously a bit of a challenge. A real discovery for me in the last two years has been that I found a really amazing NHS dentist. And actually, there's more of them than I think people think. Like growing up, I, don't know, I grew up in a rural areas so that you did too, Charlotte. NHS dentists were few and far between occasionally you get one that opened up near you, but after that, my parents are very settled with the private dentist we had who was a psycho, so, um, you know, (laughs) the idea of doing something sensible like changing dentists was never really an option, you know, because we're English, and that would be impolite. Um, (laughs) So um, when I got to London, I was like, I have choice, I can do my research, and Sariki's dental is an interesting one because it's very much a word-of-mouth thing. I found out about it from my friend Charlie, I recommended it to my friend Rosie, it seems to be like a chain of recommendation sort of thing. They're still taking NHS patients, and... I've had NHS and private treatments there and I've never felt like there's been a difference in the quality and they're very helpful if you're scared or even slightly nervous of the dentist. Like, I wouldn't say I'm phobic, but I wouldn't say I enjoy it either. Yeah, I get nervous and I get stomach cramps before I go, but the people who run it are amazing at dealing with people who are nervous and they can kind of tell even if you don't say anything because I try and like be like, I'm English, you know, I don't show my emotions, particularly if they're negative. I'm registered with a German guy who's really cool and very chilled out and seems to really enjoy his job and i've never kind of had any problems with the work i've had done there and it's funny as well i've got a friend who is from i think somewhere near hamburg and i remember her years ago saying to me that Oh, dentistry in germany is really good and this guy kind of affirms that um and i do think as well it's kind of a bit like That is the story of the NHS. People from outside the UK come in and make it better, basically. (laughs) It's really slick in the way it's run. Like, you're very rarely kept waiting, even again, as an NHS patient. You don't sort of feel like the place is kind of being run on a wing and a prayer. And anybody I know, from people who are very phobic to just a bit nervous, I've tried to like shove them that way if they haven't found a dentist and go, like, register with Matthias Schmidt. He's great. He's a legend. I would really, really recommend them. That's in Surrey Keys. Um, Not too mixed up with Surrey Docs. That's a different part of that area so he's sort of near canada water and yeah because charlotte you're at the other end of the scale you're the private dentist aren't you but yeah. you've had a good experience there haven't you? yeah so, absolutely yeah.
1: my one indulgence in life is paying for a private dentist because i had such a bad experience growing up with dentistry mm, as did we all <laughs> yeah and i've been going to the same guy now for i think about six years maybe in west Hampstead. Um, and it's amazing it's really nice you get treated extremely nicely there they're really friendly you can get an appointment at virtually no notice pretty much seven days a week
0: seven days a week yeah amazing. it's crazy
1: and i remember the last time i was there i was chatting to my dentist and he was saying oh yeah you know i worry about my patients all the time i'll be on the beach and i'll be picking up phone calls and checking my emails to make sure that people's treatments are gone well and oh wow
0: yeah that's he's dedication he's a
1: really yeah. nice guy and it's just him really at the practice. He's got one, the lady dentist, as he calls her, He <laughs> comes in so. uh, <laughs> like two days a week, I think, mm. to kind of cover him. But apart from that, he's kind of self-employed and runs the whole practice. Mm. And he's really proud of it. And he's just opened up some kind of treatment rooms downstairs. And he does things like, he says, oh, if you're scared, just bring an iPod and just listen to whatever music you want. And he takes the time to really talk through what he's going to do. Mm. And I've had so many kind of big procedures there big fillings and i was absolutely nervous wrecked right the first time i went and now i just love going it's just so relaxing and, and you like so, going well. yeah i love catching up
0: with them. they're just really nice people yeah i haven't quite got to the stage where i love going because i hate being in the waiting room whenever i go to anything i mean i just hate medical stuff generally whether it's the doctors or the dentists it takes me straight back to being a kid mm. even if the people around you're really nice but then i find that like the moment I'm in the surgery and in the chair, it's like, okay, this is fine. Mm. Like, you know, I think good, that you know, is the, the fun, massive yeah.
1: difference between private and NHS dentists. So it's like a shopfront for one I go to. Yeah, There's only one chair. Point. You're the, always mm. the only person in the waiting room. They play music. Oh, really? They give you a cup of water. There's magazines. It smells amazing. And they're just super friendly. I think you kind of pick up on the nerves in the waiting room
0: yeah i think that's very true I, like, I just can't stand the fact that i think throughout my life and i interesting you say that as well about being the only one because i had a private dentist as a kid who i couldn't stand she was mental and yeah i hated being the way to human either being surrounded by other kids or being surrounded by other adults everyone looks like the head for the gallows and it's just <laughs> like oh god i just yeah i'm just sort of a bit like if i could just skip this bit that would be great how much is it for like a checkup at your place oh that's testing my memory I can't remember, but it's not
1: substantially more than Because um, NHS, NHS,
0: it's about 21
1: now. Um, it's not, up. yeah,
0: it's about 30. It's not too bad. And do they do, do, they do everything? Are x-rays included or do you pay x-rays? No, you pay x-rays I
1: mean, X-ray separately, mm. but you don't have to get x-rays every time. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely worth it.
0: Yeah, and it's like, I think at the end of the day as well, particularly if you're someone who, if money is not so much of an issue, the key thing is just getting somebody good because mm. i just think like regardless of whether somebody's nhs or private it's just a matter of finding someone you trust cuz it's obviously the dentist is not everyone's favorite experience mm. um the good thing about london is obviously despite the high cost of living and pollution whatever you get choice and there's a lot of good nhs services and good private services here mm. um so I'd say listen to our experiences, listeners, and make up your own minds. Does your dentist have, like, a Twitter presence? Do you know? There's no reason why you would know that I <laughs> sure this is early, but... I don't know, actually. Um, maybe. I don't know if mine does, but I'm like, if they do, I'm going to be like, okay, we'll give them a shout out if we... I are, love you. you know, yeah. You're like, my favourite dentist yeah you know. my orthodontist might i go to the brace in liverpool street oh yeah Charlotte and i both have braces now that's something yeah. adult braces because now we've gotten over our dental trauma from <laughs> yeah, childhood, we've so. gone the whole
1: hog now <laughs> we've gone completely, we're
0: have proper converts yeah. yeah so not quite i
1: love going to the orthodontist what? even more than the dentist you're crazy they you're are like... mega friendly they're so fun i've got this orthodontic technician really jokey and really friendly and they sent me a birthday card like an e-card like happy birthday over all these like teeth wearing party hats <laughs> i got to admit, for me, that'll be overkill. Like... Ah, I just find it charming. But what I loved about it, they were so non-judgmental, because Good. my teeth were a complete wreck when I went there. Okay. Yeah. Um, and they were just so nice, and they talked through all the options, and they're just so upbeat and friendly, and just really excited and happy, and really punctual, and just efficient. What were they called? The Brace.
0: Just called The Brace, yeah. and their base, do you say Liverpool Street? Liverpool Street, Yeah. Uh, Okay, yeah, because I have the invisible braces, like Orthocaps. There's a few that do them, Orthocaps and Invisalign. I have them in-house, like my dentist does them. Like, I don't have to go to an orthodontist, and that's part of the appeal. I didn't really want to have to go somewhere else, but... Given that more and more adults are having braces, and Charlotte, you've got the metal ones, yeah. You? So whichever route you go by, those are, those are a few options. But yeah, I think the main thing is getting someone you trust and asking around. It's word of mouth, these things quite often. Also, yeah, didn't they, Charlotte, when you used to work up an Angel, didn't you know a not-too-bad-dental dentist dental place up there? Or was it Charles Lando?
1: Yeah, right? Charles Lando. I've never been there myself, but all my colleagues used to nip out there to get their teeth done. And it, it again, it's private and public, so a good mixture, a good variety, and I think you know they can give you points at short notice and it's not too mm. expensive, so yeah, recommended by others to me. Also, before we move on, a uh, fun fact for the day, the
0: electric chair was invented by a dentist. So. <laughs> of course it was. No, it's like, Is anybody surprised? <laughs> no, of course not. I think the guy who did it, he was an American inventor generally he did a few things, and dentistry was one of them but it's like, yeah, big fucking surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Amateur dentist. Yeah. Such executioner. <laughs> yeah, indeed. And if you're like accessing GP services, I've recently signed up to something called the Babylon app, which has a service called GP at hand. And normally, like, there's lots of GP apps, but they tend to be private. Like, this one's like Net Doctor. This is one of the first I've encountered, which offers NHS GP appointments, and it means you don't actually have to go into a surgery. Because I mean, with dentists, like, you're not restricted by postcode, whereas with doctors, you are. And with this one, you're not. It's just basically you have to be in London. Thankfully, I very rarely have to use the health service. But so far, I found the app has been pretty good. Like, you can book appointments pretty quickly, and if you want, you can book private ones too. But it's a really good way of, I think, getting NHS appointments to people so i would recommend that when you sign up to the app it becomes your gp you don't have to go into a physical building and for me loathing anything medical as i do not having to like go into a building and sit in a waiting room is quite a perk mm.
1: um, yeah can, so can you register for that or do you have to still go and get the initial
0: assessment no of gp no you just go through the app oh really um, yeah oh. so if you look for the Babylon app but make sure you very much choose the nhs one because mm. there's, yeah there's nhs and private but yeah i would recommend that you know because this is the trouble with medical appointments, like, if you've got an office job, it's hard to, like, take time off to go and actually go to the appointment, even if it's something minor as well that you know is probably not a big deal. So, yeah, I sense that's the way things are going to go increasingly in the future. And if you're someone who does things like gets your eyebrows waxed or gets anything waxed or trimmed or lasered or any kind of hair removal that involves sort of painful various kinds of heat applied to your skin because, you know, you're enough of a sadist or vain enough, there's a waxing place in an oval called Dina's Beauty Room. And they're really sweet in there. It's one of the cheapest places I've ever gone to do things like get my eyebrows done. It's like £17 for eyebrows, lip, and chin, which in London is pretty cheap. It's really funny, it's very tucked away. And it's on like a really pretty little street between Oval and Vauxhall. It's little Portugal, and like everybody there speaks Portuguese. I think it's like a little meeting place for the Portuguese community of the area. It's quite sweet. I go in there and I feel a little bit like I don't speak Portuguese. What do I do? <laughs> And they're super friendly. Dina is really sweet. She's my regular woman. And I'd say avoid places in central London for that kind of thing, because it just gets so expensive and the quality can be so variable. And on that note, the Treatwell app, because Treatwell is really good for anything like hair, skin, makeup, nails, uh, whether you're male or female, I often use it to book stuff. Yeah, I'm guessing you've used it, the tree one up, haven't you, Charlotte? Yeah,
1: I've used it twice, I think, to put massages. And yeah, it was pretty good. When it first started, it was called something else when it first began. I can't remember oh, what it used to be called. But they gave you a voucher. I think it was like £10 off your first treatment. Alas, I don't think they do it anymore. But there seem to be pretty regular offers available online, so keep your eye out, I think, for Daily Mail. Run some for them. Uh, um, yes, of course I do. Yeah. <laughs> but it's very good because it gives you all the different options in your local area. And it's quite a broad church really. It can be things like massage or haircuts, but even things yeah. like osteopaths and uh physiotherapy. So if you're looking for uh, all the different options available, that seems to be a good one. So obviously it's a bit like Airbnb. They'll list some really really cheap options. So maybe not go for the cheapest ones just because you can. Maybe do a bit of shopping around. Yeah.
0: So do your research like with all these things. And it's funny you and I also both have had the experience when it comes to eyes of being sort of slightly conned into getting glasses, <laughs> the glasses that we don't really need by Specsavers and Vision Express because yeah. I don't quite have perfect eyesight, but I've got something like I don't really understand the numbers, but like is it what plus twenty five minus twenty five mm. something like that? And yeah. Whatever, I'm, I'm not far off having 20-20 vision, but obviously your eyes deteriorate as you get older. I know you're meant to get eye tests every two years, so I'm kind of a bit like, okay, I know I should still do this, even though I basically don't need it. And I often just look up the places where you can get free eye tests. And there's one called Red Kite that I went to most recently, which is in Hackney. And I think I just booked a free appointment and went along and they will still try and pressure you into buying glasses, but it was a bit less than somewhere like Boots or Specsavers or Vision Express. Yeah, you're similar. On like, yeah, yeah, I
1: have now a pair of glasses which I can't see out of because <laughs> I'm not used to them. So occasionally I wear them for job interviews and I bump into stuff. And...
0: Yeah, I wear them for job interviews. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, makes it look more intelligent.
1: <laughs> I wish I had clear glass glasses so I could actually see out of them. They give me a migraine if I wear them for more than about five minutes. But hey, makes look smarter, right? <laughs> how much did they cost you? <laughs> I think seventy quid for a pair. Yeah,
0: they're about the same as mine. Don't be fooled. Don't believe the hype. Don't believe the hype. If you don't actually need them, then you don't actually need them. Like, listen if they say things like, well, you don't really, but you could get them for this purpose. And if your eyesight is pretty good, generally, just there's plenty of places in London that do free eye tests. You just have to Google them.
1: Go to Primark, get a pair of his hipster clear frame glasses.
0: Yeah, if you really do feel the urge to have glasses, why would you? And um, for anybody who suffers with blocked ears, which I do every two or three years, no one go into too much detail to avoid grossing people out, because the NHS doesn't really tend to provide a lot of help on this i've started going to a place called harley street hearing which is on harley street and a really really sweet guy i go to call i think he's called matthew allsop he's like the main ear guy there they offer all kinds of services they do things like hearing aids and all sorts of things to do with ears but i go there just to get like stuff removed and with microsuction and he is super sweet and interesting and funny yeah and you know when it's weird like when you have the experience of Okay, I shouldn't enjoy this, but I kind of love it because the people around you, as we were talking about with dentistry stuff, are so nice and friendly. It can make it all so much better, so I'd recommend that. I mean, that is, it's private medicine, so it's a bit, I mean, it's 80 quid to get both ears done, which is less expensive than a lot of places, but it's still a bit of a whack. So, yeah, Charlotte, ear candles, you've tried those? Um.
1: <gasps> yeah, bought some off eBay a few years ago. <laughs> They're quite fun. So it's a big wax cone you stick in your ear, and you get the kind of reflective circle of doom to stop the wax dripping on your face. Uh, They seem to work. They kind of create a hot air suction to get the wax out of your ear. Mainly, I bought them for the novelty factor. Um, Just don't set fire to your flat doing it.
0: Yeah, try not to do that, people. Yeah, have a companion. Yeah, uh, companion, friend, lover, sex slave, you know, uh, (laughs) manslave. Ear slave. (laughs) Ear slave, yeah. I would just be way too scared to do it. I'd be worried I'd accidentally set fire to something or cause my ear permanent damage. it in the bath. Yeah, not entirely sure that would make it Make it a lot better. <laughs> um, it's more that I'm just worried that like the flame would go down in my ear or something. No, maybe. it
1: stays quite high up. Okay. It's a slow um, burn. Okay.
0: But yeah, so again, you have different options there, listeners. And we all have times in London where we don't have a lot of money because this city is just draining everybody's income for rent. You know, it's full of a... Uh, lots of awful landlords who just want to take everything we own so um what are the things to do when you can't afford to do all the wonderful cultural stuff that we talked about in our previous episodes thankfully london has a lot first off the singing elevator in the south bank center i mean the south bank <laughs> center for one is a really good place to look for jobs i mean the wi-fi is a bit iffy but they've got plugs they've got really nice places to sit it's also a good place if you just want to buy some cans of beer like we're currently drinking from tesco and just sit and hang out there but the, uh, one of the elevators in it sings, which is awesome. Like, you start it on the ground floor and it goes, ground floor, level one, level two, level three, level four, level five. I think I've possibly, possibly changed keys a bit there, but um, that's really fun. You see people at times in there who are just clearly just riding the elevator in the world, first of all. <laughs> the first time I went in it, I thought the guy in there with me was humming. <laughs>
1: then he started staring at me, and then I realised what's <laughs> happening, and I think he thought I was humming. Uh,
0: it's really weird. So and then you're like, oh no, it's the elevator. Oh God, it's the elevator. <laughs> that's that's yeah. quite cool. And not far from that down the road, beneath Waterloo Station is House of Vans, which is an amazing free cinema where they do screenings of loads of old films. You can just wander in and you can bring food with you. And they had an AT season recently and I went to watch Beetlejuice for free and that was really cool. And what have you been to see there? Uh, we
1: saw Blue Jasmine, which uh, is a Woody yes, Allen film. With Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really good film. And we saw Miracle on 55th or whatever. 34th Street. <laughs> That's one. Miracle on 34th Street at uh, Christmas. Schmaltzy
0: Christmas film. Yeah,
1: and Annie Hall as well, part of the Woody Allen season there. It's run by Vans for Shoe Company and there is yeah. a big skating culture down there is a place to do skateboarding i mean it's not overwhelmingly skate culture down there. it's a really nice welcoming inclusive place so obviously i do screenings of kind of extreme skating films and surfing lifestyle and all that kind of stuff but yeah a really nice
0: fun place to hang out it's great. Cool. it's quite hidden away you know so again it's the kind of thing you wouldn't necessarily stumble on it it's kind of word of mouth and um also avoid the shard because it's a rip off um go to the sky garden at the top of the walkie talkie tower you and I have been up there and although okay if you want to actually drink cocktails up there you have to book a table but you can just go up there and wander around and see the amazing views mm. and that's really cool because yeah we just wandered in there didn't we mm. just sort of, just went yeah hey coming in to see the sky garden yeah you know? it's um, beautiful up beautiful yeah particularly at just when the sun is setting the views are stunning you know, and there's just generally in London, there's things like the museums, even if a lot of the museums like the VNA or the British Museum or the Science Museum or the Natural History Museum or all the smaller quirkier ones might have exhibitions you have to pay for. Generally, within them, most stuff is free. So, I'll regularly, during student days when the loans had run out, we'd have days doing the museums. Quite a lot of walking tours in London are free, and there are many, and there's about three different Jack the Ripper tours, and you can probably like find one <laughs> that is like a donation or Pay what you want, kind of tour, and there's the parks anything from Regent's Park to Highgate to um, Hampstead Heath to Clapham Common near where I live. The parks are often just so beautiful, and you know, it's no charge to go in them, particularly in the summer. And the cemeteries, which for anyone who's really interested in history in a slightly morbid way, Highgate Cemetery is one of the few that charges, and even then they only charge like three or four pounds, it's where Karl Marx is buried, and things like that. Places like Brompton Cemetery and Kensal Rise. And there's even a really interesting one just called Hampstead Cemetery, which is quite tucked away part of Hampstead Village, where people like the kids who inspired Peter Pan are buried there and Peter Cook, the comedian. And cemeteries are a really fascinating way to do the history of London, really, without having to pay much. And if you love music, most of the cathedrals, even the ones that charge, like St Paul's Cathedral or Westminster Abbey, which, OK, is an abbey, not cathedral, you can go in for Evensong. And the Evensong is often spectacular. And the Second Hand Bookshops on Charing Cross Road there you again just wander in have a look at the gems don't have to buy anything and the library Charlotte just generally a lot of people don't realize this because there's often a lot of talk about how libraries are declining but there's a lot of actually really interesting libraries in London that you've stumbled across haven't you
1: yeah there's still hundreds of libraries in London well I don't know the exact figure but there's a very vast array and obviously lovely places to visit pour through the collections and just hang out there's a my, one of my favorites is Canada Water Library was actually built at the time I actually lived there back in about 2010 and it's beautiful it kind of juts out over water there and it's got about three stories of books really good collections you know lots of local interesting books as well lots of books about London I love to curl up on a beanbag over water as the sun goes down reading about London there it's really lovely Um, and in South London as well you've got the John Harvard Library which is kind of a a tiny little library on Borough High Street Built on the grounds of the old debtors' prison, where Charles Dickens' father was imprisoned, I think. Wow, yeah, and who inspired quite a lot of his
0: work, I think. Yeah, and it
1: inspired, I think, Little Dorrit particularly that area. Mm. It's called John Harvard Library after John Harvard, the founder of Harvard University. So yeah, one of the two nice ones in South London.
0: Yeah, because often people just think that libraries are declining, but actually, they're often incredibly interesting buildings and can be a really nice places just to go and sit and. The city farms, I used to volunteer in Vauxhall City Farm, that's free to go into. They have everything from Polish chickens, which are chickens with really cute little feathery ruffs around their heads, (laughs) to pigs, to turkeys, to chinchillas, to ferrets. They're really fun. There's one in Hackney, there's one in Stepney, there's one in Mudshoe, there's loads of them across the city. And they're a great way of... Particularly, kids who've mostly grown up in an urban area to see what sort of wildlife is like they wouldn't normally see. Wasn't so much a big thing for me growing up because I grew up in a rural area, like my house backs onto a pig farm. um, (laughs) uh, I had a very clear idea of what a pig was, but um, it's not the case for everybody, obviously. Yeah, so probably only just touched on the wealth of stuff that there is to do for free. But if you're in between jobs and need a quick way to make a buck, Charlotte, there's the JobSpotter app yeah my favorite of discovery when it's unemployed
1: <laughs> essentially it's owned by indeed and the idea mm. is you go and you find a, a local business with a job advert in the window and you take a picture of the job advert and a picture of the sign and it pays you and so it can be anything from a couple of pence for a big chain store up to maybe a couple of pounds and they pay you an amazon vouchers and if you're the first person say to spot a new waitress wanted sign in a local business you could earn two quid instantly and so we've had days where we've been wandering around town and made at least a tenner by not really focusing very much and i think between my partner and i we've made probably about 1500 quid in a year
0: 1500 yeah just from this yeah that's really cool yeah. Okay, i mean, I'm definitely you have to get <laughs> it. You have to
1: be, yeah, you can be quite intensive with it if you want to. You know, easily a fun day out is saying, right, we're going to go on a job spotted treasure hunt. Yeah. And just go on a binge.
0: Yeah. And the app guides you through how to do it.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. really simple. Find a job app, take a photo, take a second photo of the sign, bingo, submit it. 10, 50 minutes later, you get X number of points. Yeah, and you can cash in any time. There's no minimum limit.
0: Brilliant. So it doesn't mean that you have to collect like a thousand points before no. you... Oh, that's amazing. And um, market research for anyone who is more inclined that way.
1: Yeah, so a lot of people advertise on Gumtree. Again, I love Gumtree. And you can get paid, you know, 50, 60, 70 quid for spending an evening talking about cereal bars. Or I got paid 80 quid for talking about laundry powder and just sniffing some pods (laughs) for a few hours. Um, (laughs) there's about five really big good companies so if you go on Gumtree you'll see more advertising I mean it's not the most sustainable thing because they usually limit you to maybe one per month per Mm. company but you know if you want to earn an extra 100 quid per month it's not to be sniffed at and it's a fun night out with people <laughs> who are also trying to make a bit of money but also hanging out and it's quite a fun experience
0: and what's it called sorry Design
1: well there's research. one called london market research okay yeah. i can't remember the other names of them but you know there's loads of different ones out there and they'll say things like are you between 18 and 50 do you own a car or do you have a bank account or do you like washing powder or <laughs> all those kind of things and if you meet any of those baseline criteria you can apply and it's not hard to get picked so yeah, a good way to make a few hundred quid when you're short on cash, not bad, yeah. not bad thing.
0: And without having to like do anything too demeaning or too debilitating. Or mm-hmm. We're trying to encourage our listeners not to do things like sell themselves on the street, or, you know. <laughs> yeah, don't or, do that. Because there's a lot of awful shitty jobs out there and these are some of the better ways, I think, to make a quick buck. So yeah, well, this is a slightly longer episode than we normally do because, you know, London can be an intimidating place to navigate, particularly if you're only just moving here. And this, we've hopefully given you a guide to the best ways to get the most out of the city and preserve your well-being as well. And I think our next episode will be looking at Mayfair, which is not an area that's my natural stomping ground. No. Um, so. You need to do a bit of a road trip first. <laughs> yes, I think we will. We'll have a Niffler road trip and then we will report back to you listeners. But in the meantime, do keep in touch on Twitter. We are at Niffler underscore the. And on Instagram, we are at at anotherlookatlondon. So please get in touch. Let us know if there's anything we've missed, got wrong, or you want us to add to our repertoire, coterie. And until then, it is goodbye from me, and it is goodbye from Charlotte. Bye!